The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig with details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to This Day in History class, where history waits for no one. Today is April 8th, 2019. The day was April 8th, 1820. A farmer named Yorgos Kinchotas was digging through the ruins of an ancient city on the Aegean island of Milos, which was then known as Melos. As he was removing the stones from a wall, he began uncovering a sculpture. An ensign in the French Navy named Olivier Routier was on the island looking for antiquities when he saw the farmer. The farmer was looking for stones for a structure he was building, so he took no interest in the statue. He just covered it with dirt. But Routier, on the hunt for relics, paid the farmer to dig up the statue. First, the farmer uncovered the top half of the sculpture, the nude torso and head of a woman. After more digging, he unearthed the lower half of the statue, then a middle section that was missing. Pieced together, it was a woman, standing with her weight shifted into one hip, cloth draped around her hips and legs, slightly larger than life-size. The farmer also found a hand holding an apple, a piece of an arm, and two herms, which are sculptures with a pillar on the bottom and a bust or head and torso of a person on top. Routier drew the pieces of the statue the farmer had found. He tried to get a French vice consul and his captain to buy the statue, but to no avail. That's the story that's generally thought to be true, although there are some conflicting accounts of the sculpture's discovery. Author and editor Paul Karras 
claimed a peasant named Yorgos Batonis and his son Antonio found the statue in two pieces and several other marble fragments in February of 1820. But eventually, French and Greek authorities reached an agreement wherein the French would pay 1,000 francs for the statue. The Marquis de Riviere, the French ambassador to the Ottoman Turks, approved the purchase. After traveling around the Mediterranean Sea, the statue got to Paris in February of 1821. And in March, it was presented to King Louis XVIII, who soon donated it to the Louvre. At first, the French believed the sculpture to be from the classical period of Greek art, from the 5th and 4th centuries BCE. And a classical work was exactly what the Louvre wanted. But a base found near the statue attributed the sculpture to Alexandros, son of Menidas, citizen of Antioch of Meander. The Greek city of Antioch wasn't found until after the classical age, meaning the statue had to be from the Hellenistic period, an artistic age that wasn't looked upon as favorably as the classical. So the director of the Louvre said the base was not part of the sculpture. He convinced a scholar to write a paper in 1821 saying that the sculpture came out of the school of Praxiteles, a renowned Greek sculptor from the 4th century BCE. That was the official assertion for more than a century. During that century, Venus was presented as a classical marble, and generally people soaked that up, save for some critics who dismissed the sculpture's value. French scholars went up against German scholars who said that the statue was Hellenistic and that it was rightfully Germany's because it was found on land owned by Crown Prince Ludwig I of Bavaria. But in 1951, the Louvre's conservator of Greek and Roman antiquities acknowledged the Hellenistic dating of Venus de Milo. It's now believed that Alexandros of Antioch created Venus de Milo between 130 and 100 BCE. What actually happened to the base in question, whether it was destroyed or hidden, is a mystery. Today, the Grecian statue we mistakenly call Venus de Milo, Venus's Greek name is Aphrodite, still lives in the Louvre in Paris. And Hellenistic art is now viewed positively. The well-known marble sculpture is now considered a masterpiece in the art world, but it went through a pretty long journey to get there. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. A couple of notes here about the Venus de Milo. Some people think she might actually be the sea goddess Amphitrite, and also the fact that her arms are missing has led many people to speculate on what she was doing with her arms when she had them. If there's something that I missed in an episode, you can share it with everybody else on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at T-D-I-H-C podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you again tomorrow. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.